Coffee in Space is a podcast by S. Daniel Smith that puts the best in established and up-and-coming science fiction and fantasy writers in front of you, their readers. Dan's goal is to help you learn more about who they are as people, how they write, and how they live. Whether you're listening to this podcast at home, or in your car, or somewhere in between, Dan hopes to transport you to the crew lounge on an intergalactic spaceship where you can have a cup of your favourite coffee with science fiction and fantasy authors. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, this is Dan Smith. I'm a big science fiction and fantasy fan and a heavy coffee drinker. Welcome to another episode of Coffee in Space. I've got Julie Kagawa and JT Nicholas with me today to talk about their writing, being married as a writing couple, and the similarities and differences between science fiction and fantasy. Julie, JT, thanks for having Coffee in Space with us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're happy to be here. So could you two give us a short introduction for anyone who may have missed your individual episodes? And uh, Julie, I'll say you go first. All right. My name is Julie Tagawa. I am a YA author of uh, fantasy. Um, I am the author of the Iron Face series, the Blood of Eden series, the Talon Saga, and the new Iron Face series. And my next project is The Iron Raven, which will be the first book in the new Iron Face series. Excellent. JT, how about you? Well, I am JT Nicholas. I am a science fiction author. Um, my first series was called The New Lion Sequence, and it was kind of a you know, synthetic humanoid, what does it mean to be human uh, kind of thing. Uh, I also have a standalone novel out called Recoil, and my next project is tentatively titled Stolen Earth, and it will probably be out sometime in 2021, the, the uh, details on the release date are as yet a little fuzzy. Well, that's definitely nothing I haven't heard before as a guy who interviews authors. <laughs> uh, that, that if there's one thing constant, it's that publication schedules can change. Um, okay, well, and we'll link to both of those projects in uh, the show notes here. So, so let's start by focusing on differences and similarities, and, and specifically the differences between science fiction and fantasy. Um, I know some of these are probably going to sound kind of obvious, but could you two talk about the differences right quick? Sure. Julie, you want to go first or you want me to? I'll let you go first. All right. Well, talking obvious, um, of course, there's, there's the timeline issue. Um, science fiction is generally set in the future. Fantasy is generally set in the past. I say generally because over time, the genres in, have just kind of diversified and converged at the same time. So if you take something like Jim Butcher, where you have magical realism or urban fantasy or whatever you want to call it, you've got modern times, but you know, fantasy creatures. Or you take something like um, Glenn Stewart, who does the Starship Mage series, you have magic in space. So <laughs> timing is part of it. Um, I think if you look at the traditional aspects of the genres um, and you look at what I guess today would be called speculative fiction um, as opposed to like military sci-fi or space opera, I think speculative fiction is generally handles a lot more um, futurism and kind of social issues kind of things. And I think a lot of fantasy uh, tends to focus a little bit more on the hero's journey and on kind of that internal 
uh, development and kind of path to greatness. Well, that was much more eloquent than I anything I could ever say, and I agree. I agree with pretty much all the points. Uh, the only thing I um, have to add is I've never seen a unicorn in space. Someone should write a unicorn in space and blend the lines even more. Uh, JT, that sounds like a uh, challenge. I don't know, man. There's a lot of Warhammer 40k <laughs> stuff out there. I guarantee you, yeah. there's a there's yeah. a unicorn somewhere in the 40k verse. That's a good point. Uh, we'll have to do some research on that. Okay, guys, so in what ways are the genres similar? Well, in sci-fi and fantasy, you have the protagonist, obviously. Um, and it's usually, I haven't, I don't read much sci-fi, but of the sci-fi I have read, um, the protagonist is, in sci-fi and fantasy, is has a strong moral compass and is fighting against, you know, a great evil, usually maybe it's an evil corporation or the evil empire. Um, and that is similar to the protagonist in the fantasy world as well, where they are fighting against the dark god rising or trying to find, you know, uh, the, the lost sword and the, the quest. Um, so in that way, I think the protagonist um, can carry, is the one carrying the story through. I think you also have the idea of something that's broader than the world as we know it. So, you know, we have our mundane world with all its little everyday things but if you project that into science fiction you know suddenly you have aliens and sufficiently advanced technology that it's indistinguishable from magic and you know faster than light travel to far and strange places and then likewise in the fantasy fantasy genre you have you know races and species and things like that that don't exist in our world and you have you know, other planes of existence and dimensions and magic and all those good things. So, you know, one of the similarities is just sort of the escape from reality aspect of both. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Now, let me ask this follow-up. Uh, I didn't ask this in the original script, so I apologize. But uh, I just recently read a dystopian novel uh, where magic had presented itself in the current age, uh, the, just like as if we were you know, walking around shooting thunderbolts out of our hands right now. Um, and, uh, and yet it, the, the focus was the, you know, transport tubes that could take you from China to the U S and, uh, you know, faster than light travel and things like that. So, uh, do you guys see that as a, um, an amalgam of the two genres or is it a is it a celebration of the differences and similarities at the same time or is it just kind of what it is on the surface that there's sci-fi with some magic in it i think a lot of that is that as the internet has kind of taken over everything you're seeing fandoms colliding and as these fandoms collide and people are exposed to more and different types of things, it's kind of just almost inevitable that you start to put more focus on, um, I don't know, these, these combinations of different genres. So like from a technical standpoint, I would call that sci-fantasy, uh, which I think is an emerging genre that actually is listed as a genre these days where um, it is, you know, science fiction, but also with, you know, magic and things like that. I mean, it's, it's always existed. Um, you know, you, you can go back and, you know, I went with Shadowrun, which is a role-playing game slash series of books was sometime in the 
early eighties when it first came out. And, you know, that was kind of one of my first exposures to, to real uh, sci-fi slash magic slash Tolkien-esque elements. But I think it is both its own emerging thing and a celebration of, you know, both of those genres. Which is really cool, I think, because uh, I would, I love the idea of sci-fi and magic, like kind of blended together. Cause sometimes I would, I would like to read, a book where there are, you know, unicorns in space or elves in space or magic in space. And, and the blending of the two is, is very cool and uh, very neat, I think. And let's face it, the force is just magic. That's right. That's true. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I'm both glad and horrified that you just brought that up, but um, (laughs) I think I'm glad more than anything. Well, Um, to be fair, you know, Star Trek tachyon beams are effectively magic. (laughs) Like it's man, now you just hurt my feelings. There's nothing um, they can't do. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, okay, so can you each share a little bit about why you chose the genre you chose as a writer? I'll go first this time. Um, because fantasy is my favorite, and it's really pretty much all I read um, in, you know, growing up. I was, re- I, I read tons of fantasy. If it had a dragon on the cover, I was reading it. And it was, you know, what I wanted to write as well as that it, it's the escape from reality thing. I love dragons and I love elves and, and magic and all of that and going to different lands and seeing, you know, new places and just being in a different world. I love that. Um, and I actually tried a stint into writing contemporary a little bit. Uh, when I was a little younger, I tried to write contemporary. But then things like vampires and elves and dragons started showing up, so that didn't work at all. Uh, so I decided that I was a fantasy writer through and through. So mm, that's makes why sense. I chose fantasy. Yeah. Because I can't not write it, apparently. I see. How about you, JT? Yeah, my answer is a little bit different and a little bit more, um, you know, reality of the world. The, the reason I'm a, a sci-fi author at the moment is because that's what sold first. Um, I have a couple of complete fantasy manuscripts. I love fantasy. I love sci-fi. I, I mean, I like mystery and, and thriller and techno thriller. So I read pretty much all the fiction genres and I've tried writing all of them uh, with differing, different amounts of success. But one of the kind of downsides um, of being a X author, whatever that is, is that you start to build your fan base in that genre and the ability to kind of port that over to other genres uh, is small. I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of overlap between uh, science fiction and fantasy. Um, So you can, you know, let's say you build a base in sci-fi and I'm totally making up numbers here. Maybe 75% of those readers also read fantasy. And if you write a fantasy novel, they'll buy that. But if you write a cozy mystery, you're probably going to lose a lot of your fan base. Yeah, you got to so, start that over. Yeah, and, and almost under a different name. Yeah. <laughs> cozy mystery in space is not a bad idea. I think you could do something <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, she just wants to see things in space, whether it's unicorns or it's uh, a cozy mystery. It's, it's fair. Who doesn't want to see things in space? Well, I would like to see me in space someday. They better hurry up. Hey, you got a um, space force coming up. It'll be, it'll all work out. I know I need to transfer. Okay. So, uh, as you both know from correspondence, uh, between the three of us, uh, this podcast grew out of the military fans of science fiction and fantasy Facebook group. 
And so out of that Facebook group comes the following question. Uh, Jeff Lee asks, do you write your sci-fi and fantasy with social commentary in mind, or do you focus on writing the story? Julie, you want to go first? Yeah, for me, I just focus on writing the story. Um, that's how I've always done it. I, especially with fantasy, I have an idea and it usually starts out with a character and then the world kind of evolves around it. And I just write the story that I would like to read as a reader. And I love world building and I love character and I love playing with the world. And I just want to tell an epic story and hopefully make people cry at the end. And uh, that is my reason for writing. So on social commentary, I, I guess to some extent it depends on what you mean. Like I don't, I don't go, ooh, what issue am I going to focus on? But I generally have a question. And a lot of the time, kind of the underlying thing of that question when I'm writing, you know, uh, speculative fiction or, or not mill sci-fi sci or space opera, both of which I love and want to write. But when I'm writing kind of harder sci-fi, you know, Oftentimes, for whatever reason, the question is, what does it mean to be human? And so sometimes I start with that question. And I guess there's an underlying social commentary that has to come up when that's the underlying question. Um, but it does go back to what Julie said, which is ultimately, I write stories that I want to read. Um, I write the kind of stuff that I enjoyed reading. And I think that's the best advice any aspiring author could get is don't chase social commentary, don't chase trends, don't chase anything. Just just write what you want to read, write what you're passionate about. And if you do that, you're much more likely to actually find some measure of success. And I think that's good advice for, for all of us aspiring authors. Um, let's turn our attention a little bit to uh, the fact that you are a, and I'm, I've struggled the last couple of weeks about how to say this, like uh, you are a married writing couple see i've already messed that up you are a married couple who writes separate things i don't know so anyway you guys are married <laughs> and uh so how long have you been married uh 13 years awesome um and then did you meet through any uh writing event or how'd you how'd you guys meet <laughs> do you want to tell the story or should i you go ahead all right well uh, I always tell the story um, with you know, the the you know writing brought us together. Uh, so but you have to remember, uh, she's a YA author who also dabbles in YA romance. So yeah, that's great. That, assault. It's showing itself right now. <laughs> we we met a writing group. Um, I had a friend who wanted someone to critique his you know papers uh, for uh, for his classes. And I also knew I had met Nick online and he, you know, I knew that he had written, you know, some stuff and we had sent chapters back and forth and, and critiqued them. So I knew he was a fairly good writer. And uh, my other friend also had a friend who wanted to write. So the four of us met in the old um, borders, saw, saw borders. And we, for about a year, was it a year? It was about that. A year we met and critiqued each other's work and grew as a as a group and you know bled on each other's manuscript and beat dead horses and you know you know drove each other crazy um and through that you know nick and i just kind of 
grew really close and yeah we decided to start dating and um eventually we got married so yes writing brought us together and then to, awesome. to to break up some of the confusion uh you know, in that story, Nick is me because <laughs> JT Nicholas oh, is yeah. my writing name, yeah. <laughs> not my <Hi>. real name. <laughs> yes, there's, she's not married to two guys at the same other time. Nick. Right. <laughs> yeah, her other family. Um, okay, so uh, so that's actually, I had not known that story. So I'm really glad to hear the, it's always neat to see how people come together. I think that's it, really neat. It started with uh, saying mean things about each other's writing. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, I want to ask a follow-up. Was there ever a breakup after a bad edit? I have to ask. <laughs> no, and I'm, I'm being a little facetious when I say mean things. You know, if, if you're in a good writing group, you have to have the right balance. You, you have to have people who are willing to say, hey, look, that's just not working. Um, but you also have to have people who can say it in a way that's constructive. Uh, Authors, writers in general, uh, they, they, they get enough bad reviews without needing it from their own writing group. Man, that is some truth right there. I'm a part <laughs> of writing, a writing group and we actually took a, like an online course from Brandon Sanderson to make sure that we were ready to actually support each other. Um, nice. Yeah, so okay, uh, speaking about being married and, and having writing careers, how do you guys manage your writing schedules, your book tours, uh, things like that? We just, we have each, we each have our own office and we each kind of treat the writing as a job. So we get up each morning, we each go into our separate offices, we sit down at our computers, we open up our manuscript, at least I do, I don't know what he does. <laughs> and we just write and we have quotas uh, for word count. So my quota is about a thousand words a day, except when deadlines are looming and then it kind of jumps up to 1500 words a day. We each, you know, just treat it as our job. We go in, we get our writing done. And then afterwards we go down and have dinner and it's a normal day or a normal evening. Yeah. With respect to like book tours and interviews and all those kind of things, um, managing that pretty much falls on our agents and publishers. Um, and I'm saying R when in reality, uh, you know, Julie has done a whole bunch of that. She's, you know, she's gone on European tours and Australian tours and all of those kind of things, but she's also been published for a solid 10 years. So she's got a little bit more of a, of a leg up, uh, a head start, if you will, in those areas. Um, and when those kind of things happen, you just kind of go where your publisher tells you and you, you show up at the various events and you say, okay, cool, here I am, I'm doing this. And uh, <laughs> you know, you're, you're in a sort of a haze for a couple of weeks and then you get back home and you have to start it all over again. Um, it's, it's really, unless you're setting up your own stuff, which, We've done some of that too, you know, calling a bookstore and being like, hey, you know, I've got a new book coming out. Can I do a signing there? But unless you're doing your own stuff, when, when your publisher is footing the bill, you, uh, you nod and smile and, and you go where they point. <laughs> so Yeah, that, I can totally see how that's true. Do, do you go with Julie when she's on tour or vice versa? Uh, to the extent that I can. Now, you know, there, there's some issues like when she's going on a two-week-long European tour, 
you know, the publisher pays for her, but they don't pay for me. You know, they don't pay for also yeah. Rands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and then we also have dogs and cats and things. So the, the expenses uh, stack up very quickly. The idea that we could get sort of a, a discounted vacation out of it is always tempting. But when she does those kind of things, she is literally busy from like eight in the morning until eight at night, which doesn't really leave a lot of time for kind of enjoying it. So local stuff, we tend to do it together. And by local, I mean within driving distance. Um, stuff that is overseas or, you know, if she's going out to, the, out to California or something like that, then, you know, I tend to hold down the fort while she uh, goes and does her thing. Our dogs will eat our house. Yes, that is true. <laughs> they do that. Dogs, dogs do that. Um, okay, thanks for answering that question. Um, so kind of ex- as an extension of that, what do you two do to celebrate each other's writing career milestones? Like, do you do a special date night when one of you finishes a project or take a vacation when a book is published? Or, or what do you guys do, if anything? Pizza and cake. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is at least sometimes true. Um, we do generally at the finishing of a book. Now, keep in mind, that's a, that's a moving target, right? So it's not like we know I'm going to finish next Thursday. Sometimes it just sneaks up on you. Sometimes you're like, oh, whoops, I just finished that book. So there's not always a, a lot of planning uh, that can go into it. But we almost always, uh, in a pre-COVID world, uh, go out to eat dinner uh, when we have completed a book. Now, that's obviously changed a little bit with current circumstances. Um, we haven't yet done the whole, wow, this book was, was worthy of going on a, a literal vacation. Um, and poor Julie is under uh, so many deadlines that really her, her ability to take a vacation right now is limited to a day or two. But we have said that once this, uh, this current you know, barrage that she is under uh, lessens up, that we are going to do a vacation. Okay. Details to be okay. determined, but it will happen. Well, I... I'm sure that'll be a fun time then. That'll be good. Anything to add, Julie, to that? No, only that someday I will not have deadlines. <laughs> let's hope not. Let's hope you always have deadlines. Yeah, I was going to say, let's is. hope you always do. You're, you're always right. working. Um, okay, so speaking of deadlines, what's next for both of you? Remember that this is being recorded for a spring broadcast. So my, my next project is another standalone uh, novel being published by Titan. Uh, it is tentatively titled Stolen Earth. Um, and, you know, kind of the underlying premise is there's a, um, like a, a, a AI-driven war, sort of rise of the machines kind of thing that breaks out on Earth. Uh, the Earth is evacuated as much as possible, and a huge interdiction zone uh, is built. Um, but then, as, as always seems to happen... Uh, you know, a hundred years later, people are, are itching to return and to, you know, smuggle their way through the interdiction zone and to, uh, to uncover whatever artifacts might be left behind. That will have a 2021 release, but I don't know the release date yet. What about you, Julie? All right. So I am, my, my project is the, uh, I'm working on the new Iron Face series. This is series three, the third Iron Fae series, um, after the Iron Fae and then the Call of the Forgotten. This is the third series in the Iron Fae world, and it will uh, see the return of all the beloved characters of the Iron Fae series, and some 
new characters and of course some new villains and a good time will be had by all. Thank you both so much for your time. In the final few minutes we have, can each of you tell the listeners how they can find out more about you and your work? All right. So I, much against my will, I have both Facebook and Twitter. Um, I am uh, JT Nicholas author um, on Facebook and I am James T. Nicholas on Twitter. I also have a website where I very infrequently blog and do other stuff, and that is jtnicholas.com. I think those are the primary ways that you can find me. Uh, Julie, how about you? Hi, you can find me on my website, uh, juliekagawa.com. I am also on Facebook, uh, juliekagawa, author, and on Twitter, at uh, J Kagawa, and I am always happy to chat and say hi if you can come by and say hello. And she is much more active on Twitter than I am, and really just much more active in general than I am. <laughs> I, I tend to avoid social media like the plague if I can. <laughs> well, there's good reason for it, uh, but it is nice to connect with people. I, I do like using social media for its probably intended purpose. I hope that's the intended purpose. Um, well, thanks for being my guest today, Julie and JT. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, please listen to season one, episodes 16 and 23 to hear more about Julie and JT's writing. Uh, take a look at their books wherever you buy your books. Be sure to subscribe to the Coffee and Space podcast. I'm Dan Smith, and I can't wait till we meet again over a cup of coffee in space. Mm-hmm.